Hallelujah. Well, this is a little unusual today. I already had uh, spent a good deal of the day yesterday here at the church in preparation for today. And um, as soon as I went to prayer this morning, God completely and utterly um, gave me specific direction for this. So if you are here today, if you are here today, this message is for you in Jesus' name. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Luke, chapter number five. Appreciate the great singing and the worship. And uh, man, it just feels so good in the house of God. Just such a great environment for something great to happen in God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter number 5. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 16. Speaking of Jesus, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors everybody said doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem I want to tell you the place was packed it was standing room only And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The Lord was present to heal. Let's lift our hands and give God great praise this morning. And let's open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to the Word of God here today. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, there are those among us that before this is through today, they have prayed and waited long for a message like this. But I believe in the Holy Ghost, that the power and the Spirit of God is in this place to do great things. Father, I, I believe that you are here to do the supernatural. I believe that you are here to do the miraculous. I believe that you are here to do the stupendous. I believe that you are here to do the incredible. I believe that you are here to do what no man can do. No angel can do. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated here today. Here in the very earliest days of the ministry of Jesus, this notable and famous passage of Scripture begins to unfold. But it unfolds beginning with prayer. And oftentimes, and we do understand that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, but his humanity was represented by his mother. 
And being half man and half God, he still needed to pray. And so this incredible passage of Scripture begins with Jesus finding a place to pray in the wilderness. And then it quickly cuts to the very next notable scene in which it came to pass on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors. Now, I think it's notable that the Scripture records the word doctors. In fact, the word doctors is only used three times in the entirety of the Word of God. And it is used here uh, as a distinction between, it could have said scribes, it could have said Sadducees, it could have said Essenes. There were three major religious groups during that day. They were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. But even in the hierarchy of the Pharisees, there were those that were given to do nothing but study the intricacies line upon line of the law, and they are called the scribes. And the Bible calls this particular group doctors in this particular passage of Scripture. A very notable doctor that was in this lineage was noted in the book of Acts by the name of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was the chief scribe um, of the temple. There was no higher interpretation and individual for application. Even above the high priest stood Gamaliel in being able to understand the intricacies and the application of the Word of God. And in that particular usage in the book of Acts, it calls Gamaliel a doctor. And uh, he was one that the apostle Paul, then at that time called Saul, was raised at the feet of Gamaliel. And, uh, and so he was a man that understood this terminology. But the Bible, for some reason, is utilizing this word doctor where it doesn't in other places. And so I want us to keep that in the back of our mind. And so Jesus, on a certain day, just like any other day in which he was engaging in ministry, the Bible tells us that there were Pharisees and doctors sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, of Judea, and Jerusalem. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot. In fact, the building or the house is so packed with these people that were notable critics and that were in attendance, no doubt, to critique God manifest in the flesh that this place was completely packed out. In fact, this particular passage of Scripture is so notable because we don't recognize it from this end. We don't look at it through this lens. We usually pick it up in the passage of Scripture in verse number 19. It says, and when they could not find a way into the house that they might bring him in because of the multitude, that they went upon the housetop. This is commonly known in Scripture as a place where people brought a stretcher, and there was a man that was there on the stretcher, but they could not find a way into uh, this house. And so they went up on top, and they began to remove the tiles from this housetop, and they lowered Jesus down. And that's usually when this passage is preached on. 
that is usually where people begin in explaining that. But you have to keep in mind that the people that were in this house, then it was packed out, it was only standing room only, were people that were Pharisees and doctors of the law. And it's almost as if Jesus is welcoming this as a ringside observation of his critics to see something that heretofore had never happened before. And so as uh, this begins to continue on and we begin to navigate through this passage of Scripture, the Bible says in verse number 18, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. Everybody said palsy. That is where we get the word paralysis or paralyzed. And it basically is a condition in which all muscle tissue has disintegrated. And there is no use of the human limbs. And the human body becomes absolutely, basically unusable. Cannot move. People cannot walk. People cannot sit up. And it is considered a physical condition known as the palsy. In uh, preparing for this this morning, I thought a little bit about MS or muscular dystrophy or uh, sclerosis or some other condition in which people begin to lose all of their muscle mass or people cannot lift their hands or people cannot sit up. And I thought, I wonder if that was a little bit like the palsy. But evidently, this man could not move. He could not fend for himself. He was in the knee. He was in the position that needed great healing. The good news is, is if you can get it in front of Jesus, all possibilities are opened up. And ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it this morning, we are in the presence of the almighty God. I was walking around the prayer room this morning. And I just thought something great is about to happen. Something powerful is about to take place. Something supernatural is about to take place. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come to the house of the living God, it is not a place for program. It is not a place for man-made liturgy. It is a place for the power and the demonstration of the almighty God. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. So many people, and I was going to be teaching this morning uh, out of the book of Genesis where it said, my spirit will not always strive. Um, We're living in a day and age where people are almost conditioned by our present world to, to think a certain way denominationally. And then they have a certain denominational expectation when they come to a church. They, 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 they have these expectations. Our entire culture has been denominationally enculturated. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of an apostolic environment where the Spirit of God is allowed to flow and the Spirit of God is allowed to move. And people can go down in the name of Jesus and go up in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's clap our hands and thank God for that. Let's thank God that we are free. We are free to praise him. We are free to read the Bible. We are free to receive the Holy Ghost. We are free to worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Oftentimes we get so removed from the enculturation of Scripture and the true 
dynamic of what's taking place. But this particular environment is so notable and so incredible, the setting, that it cannot be understated. All right, big deal. Jesus is in place, he's teaching, and it's standing room only with his critics from Jerusalem and Galilee and Judea. I wonder what you came here today to see. A reed shaken in the wind? Something that will help us cope with the pressures and the problems of a 21st century America that is falling apart right before our very eyes? Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have time to waste on that. We are here to see God do something. We are here to believe that the God of the Bible can still heal. Still deliver, still change a mind, still heal a broken body. Oh, I wish you'd clap your hands with us and give him praise. Our culture is not going to formalize us. Our culture is not going to denominationalize us. Hallelujah. I watched in this in this praise service here this morning. I saw people running the aisles and I look at the faces of people that are visiting this church um, for the first time, and please don't feel like this is in any way being critical of you at all. But it says, even says in the Bible that men are crept in among us to spy out our liberty. There are people that are coming in that have only heard about Pentecost, that they were the holy rollers. They were the ones that would spin like a top. They were the ones that would roll end over end and give God the praise. I want to tell you, 21st century, we still praise God like he is God. We still give him glory. I don't care what the White House says. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what our critics say. If God has done great things, give him great praise. If he's only done little things, then give him a little praise. But if God's done great big things, he's worthy of great praise. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. We had, you may, you may be seated. I'm not, I'm not trying to push a bunch of buttons right now. I'm really not. But I am trying to articulate some distinction. Because we are a world that we are living in a culture that is so molded and shaped by sound bites and bits of information that are so far from reality that there has to be an environment in this region where people can walk in and there is still a group of people that believes in the power and the demonstration of a living God. There has to be. There has to be somebody that is willing to say, you know what, I, I owe this to God. I owe this to the verity of Scripture. I owe this to the authenticity of the church. 
that when people come in, people may walk out, people may smirk, people may not understand, and that's really what it is. It's not really the doctrine that people have a problem with. People, people are okay with seeing it at a football game, and people are okay at seeing it at a rock concert, and people are okay by watching people get hilarious over a blue light special. But honey, among you here today, there are drug addicts that have been healed, and alcoholics that have been healed, and marriages that are put back together. There are people that had a sexual orientation, but the Holy Ghost has gotten them straight. Somebody give God the praise. So, Pharisees and doctors of the law were packed in to listen to this man by the name of Jesus. I love this phraseology. But the Lord was present to heal. My goodness, if God is present to heal and I got a need, I can't afford to wait till next Friday. If God was present to deliver, I ain't got time to wait till Tuesday. If God was present to heal, I can't afford to listen to the opinion of naysayers and religious people that tell me it's not for today. If God is present to heal, I'm here to get my healing. I want to come off Social Security. I need to come off Medicare. I need to come off. Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. I heard recently about an apostolic environment where people were being healed and liberated by the power of God, which is going to happen here today. And there was a woman that was there that was in a wheelchair. And um, she admitted that I feel the power of God. I feel this. I feel this. I sense this. And they they were asking her to get up out of her wheelchair. And she said, I don't know if I can do this. And I don't know if I should if I should go with this. And and the preacher leaned over to her and said, Why? What's the problem? And she said, If I get healed, then I, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be unable to get disability and social security. Isn't it a horrible environment in our world today? that people would rather be in assistance by the government than to be delivered and healed by the power of an almighty God? Jesus looked at a man that was over 50 years old and he said, grab your bed and get up and walk. And he said, I have no man. What it was saying is he was going to have to be retrained. He was going to have to get a new occupation. He was going to have to get a new lifestyle. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. The Lord was present to heal. You may be seated. I remember one of our very first, well, it was our very first convert in Cornerstone. My wife and I and my two small children came here over 24 years ago. And there was a man that brought 25 or 30 of his family members to that very first church service here in Spokane, Washington. And he was dying of emphysema. He had to sign special paperwork to get out 
of Sacred Heart Hospital because they, were, they, were, they didn't want to release him. They didn't want him to leave. He was that close to death. And, um, but he came to our service. His family was there. Some of them were apostolic. They were from California, and they came up and brought him. And when they heard that a church had just opened its doors, they said, we need to go to this service. We need to be in that service. You need to get out of that hospital. We need to take you to that service. And he was there. His name was Don. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. My wife, my two small children, Zach is here. He was three. My daughter's having church right now in a home mission church up in Sandpoint, Idaho. She was one year old. And this man lifted his hands and, and he repented of his sins. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And his cancer went in to remission. The Lord is present to heal. In our very first service, God already was starting out. God was already given an indication of what he planned to do in Spokane, Washington, was not only save people, was to heal people. That was in our very first service over 24 years ago. And what he told me is I went to his house. He was living with his girlfriend. He had been, he made such a recuperation in such a short amount of time that they released him from the hospital. They, they said, they said, you're doing good. You can go on home. Somebody that was there to die and came to an apostolic church where the Lord was present to heal is now walking out on his own power. Somebody needs to lift your voice and give God the prayer. That's the kind of power I'm talking about. That's the kind of God I'm preaching about. That's the kind of doctrine I'm preaching about. Lift your voice and give him praise. Before he went into the hospital, he had been living with his girlfriend for many, many years. In fact, they had children together, had a whole house full of it. He came to church, and I knew that he was, he wasn't married. He was living with his girlfriend. I told him, I said, now, brother, you and I both know what God did. Let me... Let me bring my Bible over and let me get you guys married and we can just do this in the sight of God and we can just get this right according to the word of God. And he said, all right, pastor, I'll talk, I'll talk, to, uh, I'll talk to Gina about it. And I said, okay. Because it was, see, as a pastor that has that kind of oversight, you already understand that you can't live, you can't hope, cohabitate if you're not married. That's a violation of Scripture. You can't be in fornication. You've got to do it God's way if you're going to continue to be blessed. Somebody help me out right now. I don't care what this world says. I don't care what the NFL is doing. I don't care what Hollywood is doing. I don't care what NBA is doing. Fornication is still a sin. So he came back the next week and I said, okay, you guys ready to get married? He said, now, pastor, this guy had a real country way about him. I mean, and I loved it. And he said, now, pastor... He said, you're just going to have to give me a little time on this. I said, okay. But I said, you know, you and I both know what God did for you. You are here today. You're breathing here today because of the power of God. And so another week came by, and I said, now listen, Don, I'm really feeling like we need to make a decision on this. He said, now, Pastor, he said, I talked to Gina, and she doesn't want to get married. And I said, why? He said, because she's going to lose Social Security. 
And I said, who cares? I expected a little better response than that, but that's okay. I said, who cares? You're alive. You're healed. He said, he said, Pastor, he said, you don't understand. I said, listen, I said, respectfully, you don't understand. The word of God, God is, is, is telling me that we need to take care of this. He said, all right, give me a little bit more time. The very next week came by, and I, and I met up with him. I said, Don, what's the answer? He said, listen, Pastor. He said, I guess we're just going to have to leave this church because I'm not going to get my girlfriend to marry me. And she doesn't want to lose Social Security. She doesn't want to lose government aid. I said, but but Don, look, you're healed. You've got the Holy Ghost. You're on your way to heaven. We were baptizing family members of his every single week. Before it was all over, we baptized almost 20, 25 of his family members because they had seen the power of God. But he said, I can't do it. She won't, she won't, she won't get married. She, she's afraid to lose Social Security. And he said, I guess we're going to have to leave the church. I said, please don't do that. But you've got to do it God's way. They finally, ultimately said, I'm going to have to leave the church because I'm not going to line up to what the Bible said. In less than a year, his cancer came back, and his family, all of them, backslid, and he lost his life. When God is present to heal, it's time to do it God's way. Honey, I'm ready to say goodbye to the government. I'm ready to say goodbye to my walker. I'm ready to say goodbye to my wheelchair. You bring it on. I want God's way. The Lord was present to heal. Come on, let's clap our hands and give a great God, great praise. You may be seated. There was another gentleman that came to our church. I talked about him last week. He was a transvestite. For those of you that don't know what that means, that means he was a guy that dressed up like a woman and wanted to be a woman. It was before all this uh, gender change surgery. And he was dying of AIDS. And he said, Pastor, I want to be saved. And so I didn't preach a bunch of negative scriptures to him. I preached to him how to get out of his condition according to the word of God. And would you believe that before that service was over, that he repented of his sins, was baptized in Jesus' name, and his AIDS went in to remission. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, God says, I'm in control now. I'm better than a doctor. I'm better than a counselor. I'm better than... Somebody help me out right now. He got so well. He got so well. That they released him to go back to work. He worked as a banker. He was way up. He didn't work as a teller. He had a white-collar job in a bank in the offices. And he told my wife and I, he invited us over to his house. And he said, now, Pastor, I love Cornerstone. I love you and Sister Mayo. I really do. The, The difference that God has made in my life. But he said, I'm being called back to work. I've done so well that I'm being called back to work. And he says, I am a fearful of those spirits because he said homosexuality is rampant in the banking industry. And I don't know, and we, of course, my wife and I, we, we talked to him and we tried to keep him connected to the church. 
and, and he ended up backsliding. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that when God is present to heal, it's time to throw the cane away. It's time to walk out of the wheelchair. It's time to say, I not only want to be healed, I want to be saved. I not only want to be healed here, I want to live with Jesus forever. Pastor, why in the world are you preaching this way today? Because what Jesus is about to do in the face of every critic that was in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Galilee was unique and different from any other miracle that he had ever performed before. See, most people take advantage and exploit the people that removed the tile and lowered him down. But let me draw you to what Jesus did when this man was placed in this incredible arena between faith and unbelief. Verse number 22 of Luke chapter number 5. I'm sorry, verse number 19. And when they could not find by that way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst of Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. This man's palsy was directly attached to sin that was in his life. His physical condition that had absolutely laid him to waste was due to unforgiven sin. And Brother Seymour, in the sight of doctors of the Mosaic law and every Pharisee that could make his way into that, said this is blasphemy because only God can forgive sin. Next verse. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, what reason ye in your heart? Only God can take one look at you and you never utter a word, but he's hearing every word that's uttered in your heart. Verse 23. And so he proposes a question, a rhetorical question, which means the answer is already obvious, but he asks it anyway. Whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. You see, my dear friend that was healed of cancer in our very first service God had forgiven him of past sin. And based on the healing that God had performed, God was expecting him to continue to deal with present sin. I want us to lift our hands right now and pray because there are some people that will never get better until they repent of their sins. They're tied to a spiritual condition. 
something is ongoing. Yes, God did something in the past, but this represents, come on, lift your voice with me. Jesus, I believe you, God. Jesus, I trust you, God. Jesus, I pray for understanding today. Jesus, I don't want to go out with a hard heart like I walked in here with a hard heart, with a certain amount of spiritual resilience. I want you to get beyond my walls. I want you to get beyond the, I want you the obdurant walls and the, the hardness of my heart. I want you to get down to where I need you. present to forgive and the Lord is not just present to forgive but the Lord is present to deliver and the Lord is not just present to deliver God is here to regenerate and rejuvenate and resuscitate so Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house. I would have given anything if I was sitting around the coffee table and all of a sudden that front door opens and old Joe is no longer in a hospital bed, but he's walking in. And he's not walking in depressed and gloomy and down. He's walking in, I just got healed. I just got delivered. I just got forgiven. I've just been washed. I'm, I'm ready to get another job. I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to be somebody. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Well, God ain't going to do nothing today. I rebuke that lion spirit. God's going to do something miraculous. God's going to do something wonderful. God's going to do something glorious. As the Pharisees and the doctors began to file out. I can only imagine the muttering and the uttering that was taking place. And I know this to be true because there's other famous portions of Scripture. Most notably, there was a, um, a, a man, a young man that was born blind and he was now healed. And for the very first time, he was talking to people and, and, and the, the rulers of the synagogue were upset that this healing had taken place. And now they're cross-examining this young man that is now leaping and praising God and running the aisles. And instead of rejoicing with them that rejoice, it was, what do you think you're doing? Who healed you? What did they say? Who do they think they are? You can't be healed. Get back in your condition. I want to tell you, when God's here to deliver and God's here to heal, it don't matter what anybody says. It don't matter what anybody says. Oh, lift your hands with me. I want to see a healing today. I want to let God be God today. I want to let go. and I'm not here to be in a movement. I'm not here to be in a denomination. I'm not here to be in an acronym. I'm here to be in the kingdom of the almighty God. 
After God heals you, there's a responsibility to do something. The wild man of Gadara had become entertainment to that small village called Gadara. They had heard him screaming and yelling in the tombs at night as he cut himself with stones, being possessed with a legion of devils. He had become entertainment, late night entertainment for that community. Except that when they saw him fully clothed and in his right mind and sitting at the feet of Jesus, they said, we want you to leave. See, there's a lot of people in our world that don't understand the healing when they're seeing it. There was a lot of people that wanted backstage passes to our concerts and wanted to get in on those cocaine parties. But the minute I was delivered from God, I couldn't get a lot of them to go to church with me. You see, you got to understand that when you get delivered and you get healed, God's not done with you. God's left you as a testimony. God's left you as a witness. God, How bad do you want to get healed today? How bad do you want to get delivered today? How bad do you want? You may not even need what the doctor tells you you need. You're not going to need that psychotropic drug anymore. You're not going to need that anymore when God touches you. Come on, let's clap our hands and give him praise. Let's give him real praise. See, I've experienced that kind of healing. I've experienced that kind of deliverance. cool scripture. I've never seen that before that Jesus forgave his sins and he was immediately healed. We know the distinction between that and the other modus apparatus of how Jesus worked because there were multiplied places where Jesus just healed people. But in this case, he forgave him. There are some conditions that are tied to symptoms. Get rid of the sin. You get rid of the epidemic. We're fast forwarding this now under the canopy of apostolic authority in the book of James, the pastor, the largest apostolic church in history had over a million constituents. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The Lord is present to heal. Let's stand.
Are there any sick among you? I'm inviting you to come and just stand right around the front of this church. Our program has now concluded and the supernatural is about to begin. But I'm asking this church to lift your hands and to isolate and to rid yourself of doubt, of unbelief, of anything that would keep you where you are instead of releasing you to move forward. I want you to, all over this building, come on, Cornerstone. In honor of the Word of God, let's lift our hands and pray. God sent me to this audience today to declare that He was present to heal. Even those that have a problem because of sin in your life. And God has used a calamity to get your attention. Come on, let's lift our hands. I want to hear something right now. We need to, we need to elevate faith in this building. I rebuke the spirit of a Pharisee. I rebuke the oversight of a doctor. Come on, lift your voice. Let's pray and believe God right now.